at SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. Well, Tanduk Tolo Mkoli is SABC's senior sports broadcaster. Tanduk Tolo, we know what the question is and, of course, we want to know. Good morning, and what do you think the answer is? Should a coach have uh, the skills of actually kicked a ball around or should they just have another skill? Is it more academic? I'm not sure you know the answer. <laughs> Good morning to you, Michelle, and to your listeners. Um, no, there's, there's, there's no prerequisite that you need to know. You need to have played the game. Um, the basic understanding that a coach should have is understand the game. Yeah? You have to be a student of the game. Um, you need to appreciate certain things about the game. Coaching and playing are very different. Um, coaching is more, there's a lot of management ability to, to play the game. Because you're basically going and out that talent. Um, yes, it helps to have played. It gives you an, an inside edge because you understand how the player is feeling. But if you're a student of the game, you also learn different aspects about um, the athlete. So no, there's no prerequisite to, for a, a successful coach um, to be to have played the game before. I mean, like as as your listeners have said, Jose Mourinho never played football um, professionally. Rolando Mugwana never played football professionally, but both of them are very successful coaches um, in their respective lives. And the one common thing about them, though, which also gives them an edge, both of them come from football families. Um, ah. Rolani, Rolani linked to the, obviously the, the Sono family. Um, Jose Mourinho's father was a coach, um, and he played uh, the game. So um, that helps a bit, but still, there's no prerequisite. You don't have to have played um, to become a good coach. It's two different roles in the sport of soccer. And I have to say, anyone who sat in uh, and watched a match, uh, a football match or even a rugby game uh, with a whole bunch of people maybe watching it on TV, I mean, I'm thinking of the World Cup, suddenly there are experts everywhere who understand the game and uh, feel like they should be coaching or telling us what to do, even though they're just, um, you know, common or garden <laughs> friends, you know. <laughs> no, no, but that, that that comes from the passion and love of the game. Um, we follow it every weekend um, because we love the game, and the opinions will naturally come out um, based on what how we see the thing. But look, it, it's all different and very subjective at the end of the day. Okay, so let's look. Um, Afcon uh, going crazy right now. We've got Angola versus Namibia tonight. Nigeria versus Cameroon tonight as well. Uh, what's your take on the world? Um, where do you feel like we are at? Are we uh, now starting to hit a little bit above the game uh, in terms of where we're at? Uh, look, we're, all, we're always looking for the needle to shift. We're always looking for the power shift in, in, in any, any part of society. When, when you see two static teams in, in, the, in the last 16 in, in Angola and Namibia, for me that is encouraging. That mm. is a state, there's, there's, there's a bit of a change in the status quo. A lot of big teams have gone home um, at this tournament, Algeria, Ghana. Those are big names in African football. Um, but to see teams like Angola, Mauritania, Cape Verde, those guys excelling and also taking on the big teams and succeeding. That, for me, is encouraging. Angola was in a very difficult group with Burkina Faso, um, with Mauritania, with um, uh, Algeria, who are former champions of this, of this tournament. They've done very well to actually finish as, as group winners in a very difficult group. Namibia, um, yes, they came into the back door, but still, with, with the resources and, and, and the talent pool that they've got, 
Um, they've done also very well to get to the stage, both play very open, entertaining football. Um, it's, it's one of those whereby on the day, it just depends who's sharper. Um, just seeing the combination between, for example, for Namibia, between Dion Hotto and um, Sundowns, Shalulili, Peter Shalulili. It's, it's been a wonder to watch. It's, it's how they're they thinking about the game, the instincts, the, the, the runs that they made. Um, they're always creating very good chances from almost hopeless situations. Um, then to see a team like Angola, like I said, going, up, um, going to this round as group winners in a very difficult group, that is always encouraging. The big, obviously, the, the marquee fixture for tonight for soccer fans will be the Nigeria Cameroon match whereby those two have got great pedigree in, in African Cup of Nations. They've won it a couple of times. Um, but they, they, their camps have not been in our trouble. Um, Cameroon, for example, has um, their goalkeeper, Andre Onana, arriving late in camp um, from his Manchester United duties. Um, also, then we, we saw Rigobert Song having the, like, the courage to drop an Andre Onana for a very important match in the last few stages. Um, then on the Nigerian side, they've blown hot and cold. Um, we've seen an attack that's led by a very highly rated Victor Osime, not really performing to its best, but still, the big teams always find a way to win. And whether it's Nigeria or Cameroon, in an African Cup of Nations knockout stage, they are a very dangerous proponent. So, so it's interesting. So, Tondo, I have to ask you, they say never be afraid of asking questions and uh, no. be, don't be afraid to... to think you're going to just sound stupid and I feel like that whenever I chat to you in the sporting world but I'm not going to be afraid to ask this question you talk about the goalkeeper arriving late is that then his team in the UK that's not allowing him back in time or is that him not having enough or or placing enough value on the AFCON Cup because now he's in that Manchester team Um, it's, it's, it's a tricky one in that sense because the team will say They'll negotiate with the national team and say, look, we've got a very important match on a Sunday. Yeah. We, can get him, we can get him to camp um, by Monday afternoon. Is that too late? It's a day that he would have missed, but it's a day he would have done probably nothing because players are literally just arriving in camp at that time. Um, and then the, 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 the organization or federation will sit and say, okay, fine, we'll accept him arriving on Monday afternoon. If he has travel issues along the, along the way, there, instead of arriving on Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock, he arrives on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock mm. because uh, there was a flight delay. Then in both instances, you can't really blame anyone because there was an, a gentleman's agreement between both sides. The fact that he is there means he is committed to the team. Um, and also, the fact that he, he, if both sides want him talk about his value as, 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 as an asset to both club and country. So it, 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 it's not as, as clear-cut as that. You can't, it's not easy. For example, Mo Salah. If Mo Salah had to recover in time and Egypt made it all the way to the final, Mo Salah would come back to the Egyptian camp as a captain and want to play a part in, in Egypt um, trying to win that African Cup of Nations. So the commitment issue, yes, it, it's the easy one to go to, but it's not always clear-cut because there are arrangements that are made in any scenario whereby you sit and you say, can I have him on this date instead of this date? And everyone agrees on that. But 
we live in a place. You've been to men. You've you've flown all around mm. the world, Michelle. You know the the difficulties that you get in flight. To fly. I mean, that was exactly what I was thinking about as you were talking. Was that the issue of like the Afcon Cup? Is that for someone to fly? It's not like they're flying from London to freaking uh, France or whatever the case may be. They have to to to. Fly. I mean, I can be in one country, but I can't just get directly to an African country often, and that's a huge issue. I know. It happens for artists and arts organizations, but it also, I imagine, is a, is a challenge for, for sporting people. But in his case, he would have been on a private, uh, private jet. So oh, wow. They okay. Would have, they would have, have met that. What, is, what happened with him is he flew all the way to Abidjan. And then when he got to Abidjan, there was an issue at the airport. He couldn't fly all the way to Goroko, so he had to drive that. Oh, that basically became the delay. It was yeah. about, about a five, five six-hour drive. Um, it, it depends on what you're driving, yeah. um, but um, it, it, it's stuff like that. So already he was arriving late in camp, but um, also the mere fact that he made the effort to get there, you, you need to give him some credit yeah, on that part. Absolutely. Jeez, man, I feel for these guys. Tondukolo, we look forward to chatting to you next week. Uh, it's going to be a big week, and uh, we know that you're going to be very busy following all the sporting greats. So looking forward to that chat. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Great conversation. Tandukolo Nkoli, SABC senior sport broadcaster, following the AFCON Cup being held in Cote d'Ivoire from January 13th. Uh, we've been now until February the 11th. 10 to 8. Good day. I am Madi Daba Wasichaba, and these are your.